everybody and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Atiye slash The Gift season two episode four where I just feel like I, I really need to get out of Istanbul. I'm feeling claustrophobic. They just keep going back and forth to the same like three apartments that I'm done. Um, so luckily we seem to be moving on. And I want the audience, the listeners to know that I did actually witness Ezgi drinking tea today, uh, apparently her third cup in a row, but she managed to gulp it all down just before we started recording. So she's going to say she doesn't have any tea and she just drank it. And that's just how she likes to torture us, I guess. Yes, I don't have any tea right now. That's correct. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any tea, but I am baking pumpkin bread. So I think that will go nicely with tea later this evening. What about you, Sophia? Do you have a cocktail? Tea? No, I don't have anything. It's just a fun, stressful Tuesday. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we're all not drinking tea, thanks, Esgi, for that. Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode. So last episode, we left off with our dear friend, um, Atiye, throwing up and very possibly pregnant, because as we know, our favorite TV trope is that um, anytime a woman throws up, um, food poisoning and other causes do not exist, can only be pregnancy, because women don't throw up for any other reason. Anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) um, in our flat, we have a flashback to Atiye in the forest. And then she like wakes up. It seems like she had fainted maybe or just was, oh no, I, she, I, she was just waking up maybe. Um, and she's going to the bathroom and Elif is like, are you okay? Like last night you seemed kind of worried that you were pregnant and whatever. Um, but Ati goes to the bathroom and she's like taking out a towel and then like a pregnancy test comes flying out of nowhere. And of course, <laughs> as it does, as it does. And as it does, you just take the pregnancy test. Cause what else could you do? with a pregnancy test that you just found in someone's bathroom. So in the meantime, Elif is like going crazy because Ozan's not answering her calls. Um, and she's kind of like freaking out about it and like very down. And so um, Atiya like hears a sound outside the apartment and she goes out and it's the little girl and she called her like mom. So now we know that it's actually her daughter officially. And there's the Atiyah sign, of course, on the street, which is now a new logo, which I don't even know what it is now, but it's, oh, it's a Cappadocia meets Gobekli Tepe logo, right? So then Ozan, I mean, Erhan is in bed with Hannah and he's like, um, basically tells her that his dad is still alive and that Atiyah was the one who brought his dad to her. I mean, his dad to him. He, he's like, um just jade chilling in bed with her um and he's telling like her that he doesn't know what to believe and like if he should believe that he can change and all this stuff because as we know now the dad just like disappeared on them and like just peaced out forever um and hannah's kind of like trying to talk him down i guess or i don't does she even try to talk him down i think she just listens right so then he gets a call from 
someone at the company telling him that he needs to make his way down immediately. Since Gobekli Tepe is just a two-minute drive from the center of Istanbul. Yep, I'll be right there. <laughs> That's what he says. And so he gets dressed and immediately um, our friend Hannah calls Serdar and is like, Atiye found this guy, um, what's his name, Nazim, found Nazim and he's alive. And um, basically Serdar is like, what? And then Melek barges in and she's like, our son is missing. He's not answering. He's not answering his phone. Like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. Like, he's never turned his phone off before. Like, this is very strange, blah, blah, blah. So um, Mustafa is um, there and he's like, you know, gets into his apartment and finds that setup is missing because he had brought her out of um, the mental institution she was in in order to question her in theory. And so he questioned her, but for some reason left her alone in his apartment and she left and left him a note and a note for Atiyah as well. So Atiyah goes to the park and swings, um, thinking about, you know, her future kid and like how she's going to save this child who's going to save humanity or maybe just Turkey, but we'll save the future. And so Melek and Serdar get word that the last place that Ozan was seen was leaving um, Elif's apartment and that they had had an argument. So they go and question Elif and she's like, oh, I haven't heard from him. Like, you know, we we're just having a usual fight. And they're like, no, but what was the fight? Like, what do you mean you were just having a normal fight? So they have the, the fight and well, then she obviously decides to come clean about what she's wanted to come clean since like four episodes ago, which is that they have a relationship and the parents are, um, I mean, I guess with reason quite surprised and, um, freaked out by it because of course they like grew up like siblings and it's like kind of shitty, but then they also blame everything on it. If, because of course she's to blame for Ozan's disappearance. And she's like, I guess in a way, like, they kind of frame her as like the instigator of the romance, I guess. And she also uh, confesses that, um, that they are, they have been together for three years, which is quite a while. And the parents are like, how did you hide this for three years? This is kind of nuts <laughs> that you were able to hide this for so long. So Melek is like extremely upset because this is just all in line with the prophecy that Sarap gave her that something's going to happen to her kid, basically. And then, so uh, Erhan is driving to Gobekli Tepe. He's doing the two-minute drive down to the mine. And he gets word that, like, this um, stone that Atiyah had found, like, all of a sudden just disappeared out of nowhere. Um, so he's, like, he doesn't understand. And then Atiyah comes over to Mustafa, and he says, you know, your mother's missing. Like, this woman is not your mother, and she has never given birth and I don't even know what your deal is. And this is all very strange and I don't know what to believe. And he gives her the, the little letter that um, set up left her. Um, and so she, she asks Mustafa for help finding Ozan. Um, and we don't know what, what he uncovers, but then um, Mustafa goes to interview Sardar and Sardar like, seems very chill and then all of a sudden starts um 
you know, mentioning Sadaf and how he took her out of this mental institution and how she escaped, like kind of building leverage against her in a way. And then, so the, this man is, you know, just like chilling, um, asking him all these questions and all these things. And then Ati is kind of like trying to, I think she, she's trying to find like where in Cappadocia um, her, like she, oh no, 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 no. She had this vision about this, um, this place that, like that's called like, don't let Rumi ever sleep again or something. I guess it's the Semazen Center in Istanbul. I think it's like this, the, it's a Rumi quote and it's like, don't let yourself fall back asleep or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, and in the meantime, everyone's trying to find Atiye. So she goes to the Rumi place and she finds her mother there. And she's like really overwhelmed telling her like, you know, I'm pregnant. Like I'm basically going to die. I have no clue what to do. Confirming our question from the last episode as to whether she being from a different universe would get sick from pregnancy or not. Basically her mother is like, you'll figure it out. You're fine. Your kid will guide you. Um, you're fine. Um, so then Serdar is like desperately trying to get in touch with the aliens, but he gets access denied several times. Um, and he starts getting a cough. And in the meantime, Malik is like trying to garden in order to distract herself, but she's like very out of it. And she, so Setup also told her that some things that happen in other like storylines come to you in different ways. So she's like, yeah, I've been having this recurring vision that I kill myself. And as we know, that's what happened in our original storyline. So obviously Sardar is like completely freaked out. I don't know if it's genuine or not, but he seems pretty genuinely freaked out that she's going to kill herself. Yeah, there were some weird Sardar reactions in this episode that we have to talk about. Um, and then Erhan comes to find Elif um, because he wanted to find Atiyah for the rock thing because everyone's trying to find Atiyah this episode. And Elif's like, no, haven't you heard the news? Ozan is missing. Um, you know, like I'm with him. And er- Erhan just has like really shitty words for her. He's like, you suck. And like, why would you get with him? He's an idiot. Like, why would you ever think you could have a real relationship with him? What's your problem? Um, like, you're so mature. You're the worst, whatever. Sibling fights, classic. Um, <laughs> and then as he's leaving the apartment, he bumps into Atia and like touches her stomach for some reason, which was confusing to me. And she's like, she, she gets some sort of reaction and she's not feeling her best. But then Erhan, like, well, they, they make an appointment to like meet later, I think. Right. And then he leaves and then she's on the street. Oh no. Then she goes to talk to Elif and she's like, okay, we'll figure it out. Um, but I have to leave for now. Cause she, not, she kind of knows now that Mustafa's onto her like he's gonna catch her for something I don't know what not existing or existing well Sardar accused her of like kidnapping Ozan I guess oh something like that gotcha and then Sardar is just like chilling in his study and then he gets a call from the aliens but the call is actually Ozan like dying basically (laughs) and he gets really sad because now he knows that the aliens have him and that basically like he's screwed if he wants to get him back. Um, and Melek is like, you're, it's fine. You'll be fine. Um, and she, 
Oh, this is when she tells him about the suicide thing. It's not in the previous part. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Um, but anyway, then Atie like passes out on the street. Hannah like need is also desperately trying to find her. Everyone's trying to find her because like she has all the information at this point. And this nurse and um doctor are seeing her in the hospital and they're like, we need to do a scan, see if she's pregnant. Um, we need to figure out what's wrong with her. And then Erhan finds some sort of map with some sort of like instructions thing regarding what he needs to dig, it seems to me, or like he found some sort of sign that connects everything. No. Well, maybe he just found a map then. But you mean like the book, right? And the the, the map in the book, yeah, yeah. But like also like there was like a swirly <laughs> on the paper and a swirly in the book, and he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember the map at yeah, all, but I'm sure so. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're looking at it right now, but I don't remember that at all. So um, in the hospital, they found out, find out that Atiye is in fact pregnant. And so they're like, we're going to make her have an abortion right now. Um, and I don't know how she escapes the hospital, but she escapes the hospital because she knows that she must have this child who's going to save humanity. Um, and so Erhan is like sitting in the office. He kind of like has no clue what to do. Um, and then Melek gets a text from Ozan being like, I'm fine. I just had to leave the country for a few days. Um, this is like my sim, my number or whatever. I'll get in touch soon. And so she's really relieved because she thinks that they found him. But I think Serdar knows that, of course, um, he's currently kidnapped by some void because he sounds like he's in some sort of like void. Um, and so Hannah goes to the hospital to try and find her. So does Mustafa. I mean, Atiyah, to go and find Atiyah. And then Elif, like, finds some sort of note that says, um, like, Atiyah, what is it? What does it even say? The subtitles won't say, but she found a note that said Atiyah something. Did you guys catch it? Like, what it said? What? <laughs> it says Atiyah. It didn't Atiye, translate it. It's in Turkish? Maybe it's in Kurdish. It's not, that's not Turkish. Let me just send a picture real quick. Anyway, so whatever. I don't know what that letter says. And so Erhan decides, like, it seems like he's an, an inflection point where he's thinking about, you know, just saying fuck everything and going and figuring it out what um, Atiyah wants to show him. Serza is still, like, very angrily looking for Atiyah. And we saw Ati in the hospital, but now she's free. So now she gets in the car with him and he, and she's like, turn off your cell phone, turn everything off. And we're going on a trip. And then turns out they're in Cappadocia. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Upon reviewing your screenshot, can uh, further confirm it's not Turkish in any shape or form? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's bizarre. Why would she leave a note for Elif? That's not it's in also Turkish. Not, uh, well, I think, I think. Kurdish dialects like at least one or two are in Google Translate and it didn't like do anything when I typed that in hmm. the Google Translate with the tech language so I don't know what it is maybe it's the Syriac thing maybe <laughs> Thank you.
All right. So now we're going to move to our next section where we spill the tea uh, that Eski drank literally 10 minutes ago, uh, just before we started recording and talk about what the hell happened in this episode. As I said, I'm not a fan of like now Ate's just going to be like an infirm passing out and throwing up all the time person. And this episode confirmed that for me, although luckily she got herself out of the hospital. So hopefully that's the end of that. I mean, the oh, I forgot to mention the swing broke. Did it break? I thought it was just like swinging by itself. I saw a broken swing. Definitely possible. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope she's not sickly for the rest of the show, but like we already have Elif being the sad person of this show. Yeah, that exactly. hasn't changed with different timelines. So I feel like, I don't know, the whole pregnancy being sick thing is going to be a big part of the show until she gives birth. Yeah, which is a bummer. <laughs> I, so I was really confused by that bathroom pregnancy test thing. Like, I thought it said it was negative. I mean, I don't know how to read a pregnancy test, but like, it was just like a line. So I don't know why, how we were supposed to interpret what that meant. I don't think they do that on TV shows, though. Like, we're supposed to know. But I feel like it wasn't a plus. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's a plus. No, but I think it's on someone, on some of them, it's two lines. Yeah, so like I have no I idea. I thought it meant that she wasn't pregnant, and then I thought that that meant that Ellie f- was probably pregnant because one of them had to be pregnant. And then I got really confused until she passed out <laughs> and was pregnant. We can talk about the sad our reactions. Oh yeah, yeah, that was weird. I'm yeah. so confused. So there's the medic suicide reaction. What was the other one that he reacted to? His son, the texting, yeah, the Ozan kidnapping news, and then like the Ozan is just out of town news. Yeah, there he was super worried. Uh, the most confusing one was the Melek suicide news. Like, why did he absolutely freak out? Because that's how she died in the in the other storyline. I know, but. Wasn't he behind that? Uh, like, we assume, like but maybe they're making him out assumed. to be nicer than I think he was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy it. I think definitely uh, Melek dying was like unexpected in a, in a way. Like, well, at least that's how they're trying to frame it. Like, he couldn't control yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely truly freaked the fuck out when she said that, um, which was weird because obviously all of his machinations are going to lead to that happening all over again yeah um and then the aliens kidnapped his son which was weird uh so i guess he's at odds with them do we know why probably because he was chatting with them the other day right at the barbecue yeah i i mean my assumption is that he's not making enough progress or whatever and they're like trying to kick it in the high gear. But I'd be like, mm. okay, you can keep him. Yeah. Like, whatever. Really. He's just way more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he's been stooping my daughter. Like, let's get him out of here. Well, also, one thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sophia. No, I was just going to say that it's very bizarre that 
like now all of a sudden he cares about Ozon. Yeah. 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 He freaked out about Ozan. He freaked out about Melek. I didn't realize that he had legitimate feelings about either of them. So this episode was pretty confusing. And then at the end, so the impression that I got and tell me if you guys got the same impression was that he sent that letter to Melek, like pretending to be Ozan to make her stop investigating. Yeah. 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 Cause he doesn't okay. know anything either, but he wants to make it seem like he has the situation under control so she doesn't right. further have suicidal ideations <laughs> gotcha okay that's cleared up then although I'm still confused about Sardar's position v the aliens and his family yeah. <laughs> another weird Sardar reaction was we're not weird but it goes in line with all of our problematic um, adoption sentiments it's like when um elif like mentions that she's in a relationship with him like all the blame is on her like she's the one who yes well, even even she when she's talking to i think atia she says ozan's family can't get in touch with him yeah ozan's mother is worried about yeah. her or something yeah it, so i mean adif also like doesn't i actually feel like part of the family and I, I don't think that's just because of that one interaction i think that's like right her yeah. whole life and she, she also calls yeah. melek like melek hanim which seems over no she calls her medic like. oh okay so that was my bad on the listening end yeah that conversation scene was really painful to watch they were so shitty to her and then like just storm out and then she calls Elif and she's like oh my god Ozan drunk drove away I'm so worried about him well girl that happened like 20 hours ago like it's a little bit late to be worried about him drunk driving yeah I don't also stopping in a pot like stop shouldering the blame for him being a garbage and irresponsible person like if he's yeah, the car for sure that, that he accused that like he was super shitty to you you fought he left right you you weren't like oh you're drunk go get in your car and drive right, away yeah <laughs> it was not under your control yeah um and she still says she's in love with him like multiple times which was yeah. really annoying yeah because i thought she might be getting over it so elif's situation sucks okay. and ati again left her in the lurch with just like a weird goodbye and like absolutely no this advice like, on how to stay alive it's just like every like the events are different in the universes but like the end result isn't gonna be would be i mean anyway until they do the cave thing that they need to do um mm-hmm. i think every time they switch over to a different universe it's gonna be like medic commits suicide Adif is in love with ozan in the worst way possible yeah <laughs> Adif dies like Certain things have to happen. Uh, oh, one, another thing that apparently has to happen is Sardar buying that same house with the jacuzzi in Ozan's bedroom because <laughs> house until we saw his bedroom. And then I was like, oh, no, it's the same damn house. I made the same wow. house. Yeah. That's so funny. Also, I was talking to Sammy about this earlier. Why is the alien overlord computer system in English? when the alien overlords i had the same question and why does it have fire as a background yeah (laughs) 
because they're evil. So also, yeah. why does have those combos out by the barbecue if they can just hack into whatever screen they want? Also, like, where do you guys think that Ozan is? I feel like he's stuck, like, in a Han, Han Solo kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've, like, got him in our torturing him or something but like I mean they're gonna, don't they're even gonna know go to six are... and find that there's nothing worth examining yeah <laughs> <laughs> they listen to him whine for one hour and they're like oh you can go fine enough <laughs> no more drumming <laughs> no more drumming <laughs> let's see so in terms of Erhan's journey this episode he's like turning a little bit more towards the light side I guess yeah um and so is Hannah because she learned uh about Nazim but didn't report it to Sardar right this episode did she not oh I thought I guess not no she called him and she said like something unrelated like Erhan's on the move Mm -hmm. or something like that I think I could be wrong um also do you like why is Sardar like like now all of a sudden doesn't have to use an oxygen tank um I think it's just like when he's chilling he uses the oxygen tank because he still freaks out and has like a breathing panic attack thing okay but in other scenes like he had to have the full-on mask remember in previous yeah I don't know it's weird um and then I had a last um, point oh so okay so based on the suicide thing it seems like Serdar has like knowledge of the other timelines or like he's lived through yeah yeah for sure he does I think I think that was our theory um in this season that he and Atia are like well and Sena and Zuzhan like they're those are like the four people who are like truly aware of everything mm-hmm. like the bigger picture um however Atia is the only one who can physically like she didn't exist in this universe till she walked in, whereas I'm pretty sure this version of Sad that existed in this universe from birth or whatever, um, or, or set it up as well. Like I think the there those versions have been in place the whole time, but also aware of what's going on. But Atia like physically didn't exist and then she showed up. So there's like one Atia to rule them all. Okay. <laughs> That's my theory. Because I don't think because Sardar had to establish, like, all this shit in the flashbacks, like, adopting Adhan and stuff, so I don't know how time works. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if, like, all the, all, I assume the universes are all happening at the same time in parallel, but maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's sequential. Like, one plays out and then another one starts. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. We also learned that um, Anatolia is the center of Earth's magnetic field. Is that true? No. <laughs> I, mean, <it's, laughs> I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was the North Pole and the South Pole, though. No? What about the Anatolian Pole? <laughs> that happens to be Gobek the Tessa. Oh god! Of course, I don't know why I never learned about that in physics class. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. So I guess that's what the swirly symbol is. Correct. Now we know. 
Okay, I have, <laughs> I wrote down multiple times in my notes uh, that Atie is just wearing a really dumb, happy smile and why she's so fucking happy all the time. Wow. wow. I just, wow. like this episode, it really started bothering me. Like she just walks around like with this little like smirk on her face, like, oh, I know what's going on, but she doesn't know shit. She's just like <laughs> wandering around, letting shit happen to her. And then she's like, I'm all powerful. I'm pregnant. I'm happy. Even though everyone I know is non-existent and my baby daddy hates my guts. I don't know. I just don't understand why. She's, she's been pretty unfazed. She's been pretty unfazed in general. Yeah. Um uh Nimrod's like cave emergence. She's been like yes. pretty much like, woo, it's me. I'm the, the <laughs> goddess of all this shit. So, but I like your take. It was very uh very heated I like it yeah it just like I mean especially this episode like just as she's about to pass out in the middle of the fucking street she's like smiling and it's like what are you doing <laughs> you're wrong <laughs> and that was that happy. <laughs> um and then my final note from this episode was um set up continues to be the worst character so in annoying. all universes yeah she's so annoying all of that like long like philosophical bullshit that doesn't mean shit i'd be like if that was my mom i'd be like mom oh my god i'm your daughter just tell me what the fuck's going on you know what's going on. yeah just tell me like what the hell <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous don't think you want to give your child riddles as advice when it's like life or death unless you're something yeah. and you do <laughs> that's all she wants to do So now we're going to move on into our history section where we are going to be talking about Venus slash Aphrodite because that's the name of Elif's, I'm sure, super successful company uh, because Elif is a very put together businesswoman. Based in her disgusting apartment. Yeah. (laughs) And she's going to be just as successful as the goddess of love. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think all signs yeah. point to that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start with what you learned today, Eski? Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to I want to say one particular fact in particular, Sammy, that I was oh, God. Oh, God. with you earlier. <laughs> Luckily, our podcast is still rated explicit, so we can share this fun Perfect. fact that Eski is really excited about. Excellent. It's rated E for excellent fun facts, not. <laughs> um, so yes, as Sammy already uh, said, Venus equals Aphrodite. Although now I think I'm gonna have to go down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia to figure out why Rome just copied and pasted all of the deities from Greece because it's kind of weird when you think about it. Like, why they do that? Well, that was their strategy actually with all of the lands that they conquered. Ah, they were like, "We're the where are you?" <laughs> Because they were not a monotheistic uh, religion, they just adopted all of the um, gods and goddesses of the regions that they conquered because that allowed them to, you know, become like benevolent uh, colonists of those cultures. And in particular, they respected Greek, like everything about Greece, the literature and all the philosophy and everything. So that's why those became the main deities. Okay, Okay. so the the Roman... um 
I don't know if pantheon's the right word because that's a Greek word, I think. But, um, <laughs> I think pantheon's a good the word. The Roman pantheon of gods is then larger than the Greek one because they have yes. other deities as well. Wow, excellent fun facts, rated E folks. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, so yes, anyway, Venus equals Aphrodite, um, best known as the goddess of love, but also victory and fertility and prosperity and beauty and all those things too she's usually naked in paintings and sculptures for I mean I can't imagine why and she um, has a lot of I mean I think all the gods and goddesses had cults but I think she especially had a lot more I don't know I mm-hmm. get that sense a lot of cults yeah a lot of cults of Venus a lot of like epithets and and kind of versions or depictions of her um you know most notably um the difference between like the heavenly venus or or and the and lucky venus or or pure venus um maternal venus so there's also venus with the beautiful buttocks which was a specific um anyway so all kinds of venus venus for everyone all kinds of cults um she emerged uh, fully grown as many gods and goddesses were wont to do. Um, and as we know- How did, how did she get bored as Yeah, know? well, funny that you should ask. So I think we all know <laughs> that if she came from the water because of like Botticelli, Birth of Venus, all those kinds of, uh, I'm sure there's other famous paintings or depictions showing her emerging from water. But the skinny of it is she emerged from sea foam that was not just from the sea, but specifically from the severed genitals of Uranus that, that were so powerful <laughs> that they generated sea foam and a goddess. So all sea foam is sperm is what we've learned here today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's that's a fun all fact. I care to share because I don't really think any other fact can top that. So good luck, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun fact to end all facts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here I go. Well, (laughs) I do have a really fun fact, actually. Did you guys know that Friday is Venus's day? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, because the Norse people, like, adopt her. Yeah, so the Germanic tribes had a word for her that was, like, it's spelled f-r-i-j-j-o i I don't know how that sounds like friday but apparently it does so friday is venus's day yay venus spanish it sounds more like venus viernes venus do you hear it not really (laughs) it does it does yeah also venus was super important to the julio augustine dynasty so starting with um julius caesar uh because he claimed venus as an ancestor and that was kind of where his divine right to rule came from when he destroyed the roman republic good times (laughs) um (laughs) so in order to cement that myth in people's minds augustus who was caesar's uh successor is that right i think so he was like his nephew or something and he had virgil write the aeneid which is the story of aeneas who was a i guess he was related to venus he wasn't a son of venus but he was related to her who was a trojan in the trojan war um 
up there, uh, one of the sons of Priam, I believe, um, and he's in the Iliad. And then he survived the fall of Troy. He took a bunch of people from Troy. They stopped over in North Africa, in Carthage, had some run-ins with Dido, didn't end well, bad relationship. Then they moved on to Italy and um, eventually founded the Roman Empire via Romulus and Remus being descendants of Aeneas. And then Julius Caesar claims to be descended of them. And then we get Venus is a patron goddess of the Julio-Augustan mm. emperors. Definitely recommend the Aeneid if anybody's interested. It's a good story. What else we got? Venus also planet. Yeah. And yeah, that's all I got. Aphrodisiac comes from Aphrodite. Also, Cupid. In some mythology, Cupid is her her son, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, her son. And then there's also that really scary Renaissance painting of her making out with him as a baby Uh, Cupid. I forget what that one is called, but I had to do a report on it in high school. It was scary. (laughs) Anything else on Venus? Goddess of love? No, ma'am. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I do have have one kind of general question for us all to consider. Like, why is the business called Venus? (laughs) <laughs> is it just random or is there gonna be some like there's all this like womanhood pregnancy sex yeah, fertility shit yeah. going on i think it's definitely part of the theme like we already talked about mother goddesses obviously venus is one of those i don't think that anything in particular is going to come of it but yeah. it, they're <laughs> certainly sticking to the theme yeah. here which i appreciate all right So now it's time to move on to our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck Sultan of success and Fatima's hit list. So I have a lot of what the fucks for this episode. First being the bathroom in Elif's studio with the hanging vine that Atia walks into like four times in the course of being in the bathroom for 30 seconds. It was pretty funny, but also it's a cool bathroom. So good for them. What the fuck, the gigantic pool at Serdar's house? Like, that thing is the biggest private pool I've ever seen in my life. It's wild. What the fuck, Melek's gardening outfit? She's wearing, like, tan, fancy silk pants and a white blouse. Seems like a bad choice. And then, what the fuck, how did Hannah's house lounging clothes get even worse? I didn't think it was possible from last episode. What are your guys' what the fucks? I had a lot too. I had WCF on why did you tell Hannah like right away? Also, why'd you marry her? My other question. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if Adif's landlord who went and tattled to Sadad about the fight is like a spy or like just like very eager to provide him with info. Like I thought that was really weird, but also seems like he... Uh, controls everything so maybe it's not that weird mm-hmm. medic had a really weird and offensive theory of like why adif and oldan were together because um yep. <laughs> wasn't nice enough to oldan like what 
<laughs> doesn't make any sense. And then I had, I, I this wasn't WTF, this wasn't LOL, when Adhan, when he heard from Edith that uh, Ozan and her were sleeping together, <laughs> he was like, why would you want to be with a man like that, like about his own brother, <laughs> which I thought. Yeah, really. Cool. Um, and my last WTF was the single hot air balloon floating over the valley in Cappadocia and that <laughs> shot in the middle of the day. Like, <laughs> that, like, simply would not happen. And also, why is there only one? Why is it, like, noon and exploding? They got yeah. lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I had. What are yours, Sophia? Yeah, I think I don't really have any. I, I'm kind of what the fuck as to why Ati, I hope Atiya didn't leave that pregnancy test lying around the bathroom. Because I don't think she knows how obsessed Elif is with pregnancy. And I feel like that's going to be oh, a God. point for the next episode that she's going to be in the oh, God. test. Also, I'm kind of what the fucked by Mustafa in general. Like, I don't understand what his character is going to do in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the computer with the flames, obviously. Um, also, kind of what the fuck, like, why... They just had to drop in like a Rumi reference because it can't be a Turkish TV show without Rumi. <laughs> I feel like every show we've watched has had some Rumi references. Yeah, Rumi is very popular in these Netflix shows. Also, the hot tub in the bathroom um, was kind of a what the fuck. Okay, the whole SIM card thing was very confusing. I don't understand it. Yeah, they were like, oh, the SIM card, yay! And then they started crying. I didn't get it at all. But yeah, I think. Wait, what was the SIM card? What was that? What happened? What? When Ozan sent them the message. Oh. And they were like, oh, he paired his SIM card. Yeah. yeah they yeah. said it like 12 times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the screenwriter was trying to find a way for this like plot point to happen. And then he found it. Yeah. After much Googling, SIM card pairing. <laughs> Anything else, Sophia? No, I think that's it. All right. Um, Sultan of success. I would like to nominate Erhan, who clearly doesn't put his foundation on until after he wakes up because he was looking much better in this episode and he looked good shirtless too. So that's my nomination. I don't know. To me, Serdar getting over his tuberculosis or whatever it is that he has from one episode to the next <laughs> is pretty successful, although the rest of his life is going to shit. But Oh, yeah, I guess I'll go with you, Sammy. Yeah. Hot Erhan for the win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Fatma's hit list. Mm. Nobody did anything particularly I mean, Nele, evil. Nelek and Sardar were just like horrible. They were. They're just super problematic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a good one. Their reaction to Elif was not cool. Um, all right, Fatma, we're sticking you on Melek and Sardar. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back next time talking about season two, episode five and exploring Cappadocia, I guess. Ooh. That's exciting. 